Welcome to Up The Riz, the Risper Rangers podcast. So welcome to Up The Riz, the official Risper Rangers FC podcast, bringing you all things Riz. Uh, hang on, hang on. Let's do this properly. Welcome to Up The Riz, the award-winning official Risper Rangers FC podcast, bringing you all things Riz, both on and off the pitch. That does sound better. Certainly, there's not much on the pitch as off the pitch in this episode, but we'll have loads of Riz stuff for you all the same. Oh, and happy Christmas, by the way. Maybe you're listening to this episode instead of watching the King's speech, and you don't have to feel guilty about that. It's fine. You won't be the only one. Last night, it was the big night out for the lads, so I'm not 100% sure exactly what we're going to be getting in here in the Up The Riz studio. Uh, I'll go conservative to start off with, and I'll start with uh, player and assistant manager Ben Sturgis. Ben, you look okay. How are you, mate? Conservative? That's the first time that phrase has ever been um, used under my name, Al. Well, Um, you want to see who else is in the room first before you come back at me on that one. True. I think you've gone safe there, haven't you? Um, I'm okay, mate, actually. Um, We had a very good day yesterday and an enjoyable night and good to catch up with with some old faces. And yeah, it was um, a good day, mate. So yeah, I'm okay. I'm I'm feeling quite fresh. And where were you all last night then? Uh, I went and watched um, Mr. Asher Yearwood in the day um, and Dobbo and a few others at Beaconsfield. Um, We ventured into Beaconsfield for a few uh, lemonades. And then we ended up um, having a eventful car journey home into Aylesbury, uh, went to a few local establishments, um, danced on a couple of tables, and then we went home. <laughs> I saw a little bit of the footage from the car ride home. It did look fun. Uh, Joe Fitzy Fitzgerald is with us. Um, I don't think you featured in that, but your voice may have been somewhere there. I don't know. But uh, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I think if you look if you look closely at the video evidence, I think you can see me slapping my head um in rhythm with the beat quite hard in the background. I don't know if other people that know me know I've got a bit of a meaty forehead, so it makes a hell of a hell of a noise, mate. But um, I was gonna say no, it was a big big target after a lot to drink. You you weren't gonna even miss that, were you? No, no, I was nailed on, mate. I could tell because I'd had it this morning. I think it was just me slapping my head rather than the alcohol, but I've recovered. I'm I'm uh, I'm doing all right, mate. It was an enjoyable day yesterday, like Sturge said. So um yeah, time to um, settle down, I think, now. And uh, Riz vest-wearing physio, Mr. Steve Tav Tavender. Tav, how are you, mate? I'm going further down the list now. I'm in absolute pieces, Al. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what I've done. Well, we do know from experience that that does often help your uh, podcast performance. So um, we'll look forward to your contributions this evening, mate. Yeah, I fear I may have crossed the line today, though, Al. I feel that <laughs> I've taken things too far. Yeah, well, I've got the bleep ever ready if I need it. Let's move on to our very special guest on this. Uh, the Up The Riz Christmas episode is ex-Riz Mr. Versatile. Uh, yes, he really can play anywhere on the pitch. And now at Beaconsfield Town FC, it's Mr. Asher Yearwood. Ash, uh, welcome to Up The Riz. Welcome. Um, thanks for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure to uh, get you on. We said when you um, moved on to Beaconsfield Town in the summer that uh, we'd have you on before Christmas. So it's uh, really good to have you here. And for those who don't know, Ash made 151 appearances for Riz in four seasons, scoring 50 goals. Uh, not a bad record, um, but great to have you with us. A long time coming, I think. Um listen every week so it's nice to get on well look I, I figured that you'd want to shine in front of your new teammates and now that you've uh, transferred your love for Riz to another club 
I thought you might like the opportunity to demonstrate to everyone at your new club just how much you love Beaconsfield Town. So here's a quick fire. It's 10 questions. It's only going to take you a second on each because you're going to be bang on with the answers of everyone. I hope they're listening. Um, First up, uh, when was Beaconsfield Town FC formed? Sorry, are you still connected? Are you still connected? Have you lost your connection? Still there. Ash? Getting Wikipedia up. Nineteen eighty-one. Uh, Twenty seventeen. Uh, the roots of Beaconsfield Town FC go back to nineteen ninety-four with the merger of which two clubs? Cycob. Yes. And yeah, yeah, and, that's one. And Beaconsfield Town. Mm, Beaconsfield United half point. Uh, when did Beaconsfield United form? Nineteen eighty-one. Twenty-one. <laughs> 1921, long time ago. And then uh, the newly formed Beaconsfield Town FC in 2017, who was their first manager? That's a bit of an easy one. Gary Meekin. Well done. Uh, in what position in the league did Beaconsfield Town finish last season, 22-23? Very good. His Ooh. teammates are hanging in there for you. Uh, what is the capacity of Holloway's Park? Ten. Capacity or average attendance. <laughs> <laughs> They're very different. <laughs> um, I don't know, actually. I reckon it could probably get, I could get one and a half. I could get two and a half. Yeah, you're not far off there. 2,900, actually. Yeah, it's quite big. It's just never full. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and how many points did Beaconsfield Town take in their first 10 league matches this season? None. Um, no. Uh, first 10 league games, but we're now 19. I reckon we took 12. Nine. Nine. Which went... If I'm correct here, it was draw, loss, draw, loss, 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 draw, win, win. And then you went on a little run then. Yeah, then we went win, 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 win. Yeah. And then uh, what position <clears> in the <throat> league table is uh, Beaconsfield Town now and how many points? I'll be dead honest with you. I don't look at the league much this year. Um, we were 16th for Saturday. I haven't checked because I was very occupied yesterday. Um, so I, I don't think we've gone up a place. Um, I think we're on about... So I get Beckersfield and Chelsea mixed up. We're on about the same points. Um, I think <laughs> Easy about, mistake to make. Yeah, I think about the same position in the league as well. So I reckon, I'll, I'll stick with 16th. I don't reckon we went up, and I reckon we're on about 19 points. Yeah, very points. close. 16th place, 20 points, and then this one is a real clincher for you. A couple more questions to go. Um, what league and cup success did your new manager John Underwood? And his co-manager Neil Baker have at Slough Town. So give me a couple of their headlines for league success and cup successes. Uh, what, winning the league or just success? Yeah, well, that's a good starter, isn't it, for league success? They won. They won it. Step four, did they? In step four, playoff step three. Um, cup. I'm not too sure on cup. I'll probably just go safe and say Burks and Bucks. I think. Yeah. Pretty good, actually. Yeah, they had uh, promotions at step four and step three, uh, both through the playoffs. Uh, they had that win in the Barks and Bucks FA Cup Senior, sorry, FA Senior Cup in 2019 against Reading, and then uh, they had a couple of second round um, yeah, FA Cup runs. FA Cup, wasn't it? Uh, losses to <coughs> Rochdale and Gillingham. And then final question. Hopefully, you'll be able to get this one right. Uh, how many goals have you personally scored this season in all competitions? I'm on seven. I knew that one wouldn't take too long to answer, would it? <laughs> well done, mate. So I reckon your your new teammates should be pretty pleased with that, actually. Yeah, I went bad, better than I thought I could do. 
You're listening to Up The Riz, the Risborough Rangers podcast. Well, look, let's start with um, bringing you all up to date on where we are in terms of results, because it's been a while since Riz actually played. Uh, our last match was on Saturday, 2nd of December. So uh, these are some of the headlines from that day onwards. Um at the top end of the table, that is. So Rainers Lane uh, played 2-1-2, beating Milton United and Wokingham and Embrook uh, without conceding a goal. Uh, Flackle Heath also played 2-1-1, drawn one, uh, beat Wokingham and Embrook, uh, drew on Saturday away at North Greenford United. Uh, tough tie, that one. Uh, Virginia Water played 3-1-1, drawn two, uh, beating Burnham, uh, but they drew with us and then uh, they drew away at Chelfon St. Peter on Saturday. Bedfont Sports also played three, one, two, lost one, uh, beat Edgware and Kingsbury twice, but lost to Chalfont St. Peter. And then North Greenford United have only played one league match. There's been a lot of cup ties going on just uh, this month. And that was their draw with Flackwell on Saturday. So top of the table, uh, Rainers Lane still top, 45 points from 19. And then the playoff places, uh, Flackwell in second, 40 points from 17. Virginia Water third, 33 points from 18. In fourth is Bedfont Sports, 30 points from 16. Fifth place, North Greenford, 30 points from 19. And then sitting just outside the playoff places in sixth, Milton United, also on 30 points from 18. Uh, Rizzer in seventh uh, with 26 points from 19. Burnham in eighth, 25 points from 15. Uh, Sturgefest, just in terms of top of the table now, I mean... Riz now in seventh and knocking on the door of the playoffs and just four points behind. There's three teams above all on 30 points, just four points ahead. Uh, one of whom, North Greenford in fifth, who've also played 19 points. So we're we're creeping back up there. Uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, for me, it's difficult. Results are going for us when we're not playing, which is always nice. Um, but I mean, there was a lot of teams below us, mate, have a lot of games in hand on us. So, I mean, me and Mark have had a conversation this week. Got 19 games left. I'll be honest, I think we're going to have to win 15 of them, mate. If I'm perfectly honest, is my look at it. Um, it gives you a little bit of room for manoeuvre, but I know we did it last year. It's not it's not beyond us, um, but I'm trying not really to... I did have a look, to be honest, before I came on. Um, and yeah, look, we, we need some favours. There's no denying it, but I mean, obviously we'll go on to the schedule and stuff going forward, but the next six games are massive for us. I've had a look. Um, and they're absolute monsters, mate, all six of them. So if we can be in and around the mix after come the end of January, I'd say, um, it's all to play for, mate. Absolutely. And Fitzy, uh, have you had a look at the form table this week? No, I haven't, mate. I haven't. I was uh, preoccupied, mate. Normally, you know, Saturday night's my form table uh, evaluation for the week. So I I was distracted, (laughs) mate, by... um, carpool karaoke to be honest so um no i haven't i've, I've, I've let the side down really so there'll be no fitness form guide um today because i haven't investigated enough but i'm sure you're going to tell me how well i, I want to hear what you think because you're normally bang on the money so uh where would you say uh riz are in terms of the uh, form table which is also you know always very important it's tough mate like i said we haven't really since i nailed it last time we haven't really played too many games also we've been the boys have been flying so it's keeping me out the side again which is double Andy. Um, I reckon we are fourth in the form table. We are top of the form oh table. Oh, my word. Would what you believe club? it? Post that everywhere. Played six, won four, drawn two, goals for 17, goals against four. Go on, the boys. 
goated, mate. What a club. All since I've stopped playing as well. <laughs> There's a little asterisk by that on the uh, league website that says in brackets since Fitzy was out of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Started taking training, but played himself out of the team. Only Fitzy could do that. Did I hear a nasty little story from training this week, actually? Have you been um, you've been a bit nasty to a couple of our players? Well, I wouldn't say nasty. Like I say, we are, you know, step five athletes. So um, it's important we look after the body. Um, and some of some of the boys haven't been doing that. Um, they've overindulged massively um, since we've not been playing. So we just did a little bit. Like I say, it wasn't really a lot. Sturgill backed me up. It was just a little bit of a high-intensity sort of running and a bit 1v1s. And unfortunately, uh, the main man, the number nine, Baldy Baldy, number one, Lewis Toomey, um, he'd had too many too many beverages, I believe, um, over the last couple of weeks and um, decided to basically chuck that all up um, after no more than probably about three minutes of running. Um, so that's all come up. Um, Harry Scott was struggling as well. He had sort of craft-yard lungs on. He was moaning. <laughs> So, um, so some of the boys might struggled with it but um, yeah it's pathetic really absolutely pathetic and I will be fining them as well as head of fines for it um, probably £10 a chunder for Toomey and £5 a moan for Harry because he's skin well look if you haven't seen it already uh, up there is scooped the runner up in the non-league bible award for the best non-league uh, football podcast 2023 uh, behind winners Glovercast which is the Oval Town FC podcast and ahead of Same Old City which is the York City FC podcast uh, there were 25 non-league podcasts nominated from all clubs from the National League down uh, so that's not bad fellas is it really um, Tav you must be quite pleased with that it's rare for you to get any accolades these days is it <laughs> Cheers for that, Al. I, I don't feel like the, the final little comment there was necessary in my delicate state, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, just trying to wake you up. I'm, I'm well awake, mate. I'm very, very aware at the minute of just how bad I feel. Uh, but I'm <laughs> delighted with uh, with uh, the, that, that little gem that we got. Um, to be honest, I think for our listeners, and, and not many people will know this, but Alan puts a, a massive amount of time and effort into this and a huge amount of credit's got to go to you, mate. So, well, I was hoping you wouldn't say anything like that because that's the worst thing any listeners want to listen to is uh, people um, crediting themselves. I'm a bit more interested in, a bit more generally, perhaps. You know, what what do you guys listen to apart from up the Riz? Because I mean, clearly we're, we're on the hit list. But Ash, you know, you you're a dedicated follower. You listen to us, but are you listening to other podcasts? You know, whether it's sport or comedy or politics or news or anything, or or is it really just the Riz? I've never been a massive podcast listener. <clears throat> but um, I did get into Peter Crouch's podcast when that when that was coming out. I thought that was very good. Uh, that's got a good balance of of uh, general football and just a bit of banter on there as well. But I haven't listened to that for a while, and I, I do occasionally listen to some cricket podcasts as well because um, yeah, I like to keep up to date with my cricket. And what what would you say would make a good podcast? Because I mean. You know, obviously there's two there you would listen to and you can spend a bit of time listening to. Joe's pointing to himself, but, you know, <laughs> that doesn't always hit the top top list for reasons for listening to a pod. But what sort of things, you know, is kind of important to you to stay the full time, do you reckon? Um, I would say, I think what you guys have done really well is it's not just that like, it's good, good chatting there about the club. Um it's not just about what's happening now, it's about what's happened before as well. And and then there's some, yeah, good little bit of humour in there as well. Um, I have to give Fitzy credit. His world according to Fitzy always gives me a good laugh. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think you need a bit of personality on there. Um, I'd say the cricket ones aren't too, too interesting. I think if anyone else 
would listen to them, they wouldn't listen to it for longer than about thirty seconds. But um, <laughs> I think you, you gotta you gotta enjoy what you're trying to listen to. So um, yeah, content in there on what you like, and then yeah, a little bit of humour like you guys have got got good balance on here. Yeah, it's the people for me. I mean, I listened to a couple of their kind of political ones as well. But I mean, even TV wise, and I've probably bored you guys with this before, but for me, a program that I really love is Gone Fishing with Bob Mortimer and uh, Paul Whitehouse, uh, two comedians. And I know nothing about fishing. I'm vegetarian for crying out loud. You know, I don't, I don't I'm not into fishing at all. I, as a couple of characters enjoying time together, I just kind of love being in their company. I always find that, you know, they're just really funny guys and they just always find the humor in something and a little bit of serious stuff every now and again. So that for me is kind of that kind of genre for entertainment. But any other offerings, Fitzy? I quite like Peppa Pig. Um, that's a good watch every now and then. Um, not a podcast, that's, 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 a, that's a TV program. He's not a podcast. <laughs> Have you not heard it, mate? It's just pig noises. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm like Ash, mate, to be fair. I like the old Peter Krause podcast. I think that's quite good banner. Um, I like listening to like the talk sports sort of one with Simon Jordan and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, mate, that's that's me really, just sort of dead into sport. So someone that's a bit bit of a giggle, mate, with some real opinions in, um, which I think is exactly what we give our uh, thousands of listeners. So. And what's been most challenging actually doing a podcast? I know arriving on time and not being too hungover is kind of high up the list, but Sturge, you're currently watching the football because I can see the reflection in your glasses. Uh, not a lot of paying attention going on, but I mean, what, what sort of things from your perspective are difficult? Do you know a famous quote, Al? You've got to enjoy what you do. You've yeah. got to enjoy it. And I enjoy doing it. And I think when I listen to certain podcasts, like Under the Cosh again, another good one, you just, they're just enjoyable. You know, it's just I like spending time with people I like to spend time with. So I think that echoes in the room. And when when the pod goes out, and I know you don't like the credit, but Tab's right. You put an awful lot of work into it, so it it obviously shows. It's brilliant, mate. So you're doing it when you win, you mean? Well, no, mate. Yeah, to be fair, I did sort of. <laughs> you're listening to Up the Riz, the Risborough Rangers podcast. Uh, so on Saturday, uh, 2nd of December, Riz travelled to Windsor to face Virginia Water in the league, having lost to them there in the FA Cup in our first match of the season. Uh, manager Mark Eaton played four across the back in front of keeper Craig Hill, namely Gary Connolly, Josh Urquhart, Alex Sethi and Alfie Branwhite, with Ben Toby, uh, does it start with Tom Unadozi and Jeremiah Luero in midfield, uh, with Harry Scott, Manny Williams and Victor Mikowski up front. There wasn't much to report in the first half, which finished goalless with Riz looking good in possession and Virginia Water looking good on the break, and with both sides creating nothing more than half chances up front. Ten minutes after the break, though, and the match ignited as Victor picked up his second yellow card of the game and was sent off, followed immediately by the Virginia Water keeper, who received a straight red for violent conduct in the aftermath. Harry Scott then made the breakthrough after the match finally got back underway as he got in behind the Virginia Water defence and chipped his shot just over the approaching keeper to give Riz the lead. But with 15 minutes of normal time remaining, Alex Sethi conceded a free kick on the edge of the area, which the Virginia Water player then curled expertly into the top corner to bring the match level. Riz looked like they might nick it at the end and perhaps should have done so, given that the Virginia Water keeper was off the pitch. But a tense and gnarly second half ignited by the red cards somewhat petered out and the match finished one all. 
After full time, I spoke with manager Mark Eaton and I began by asking him about the refereeing decisions. It did affect it, but I, you know, I don't think particularly the referees had a terrible game. I think, you know, there's obviously been some flashpoints in the game um, that he's had to handle. And I think it was quite a difficult game for him to, to referee, to be honest. And, you know, for, on my honest opinion, I don't think he did a bad job. I think um, there was a few decisions in the first half that we thought we weren't getting the rub of the green, but, you know, that happens. So, um, I'm hoping that we're learning on this journey that we you know you, you can't be keep in the referee's ear all the time we've just got to be cool calm and collective let Josh ask the question and I think we did that I, I sort of basically ordered the players that no one speaks to him apart from the captain which he was I think the right thing to do so um so from that point of view um I think the lads conducted themselves really well in the end was that a match that had draw written all over it no I think we should have won the game um I'm disappointed we and that's the good thing about where we are now I, I'm disappointed we didn't win the game I always felt we'd win it and um I think on the balance that we should have won it. Um, it you know, it's, it's unfortunate um, that you know Alex has given a, a free kick away, which didn't need to be given. You know, and you know because I don't think they were going to get back in it otherwise. And I think we could see the game out. Um, so I was disappointed that we haven't held out for the win, and you know perhaps we should have maybe scored at the other end, particularly when the keeper's been sent off. So um, from my point of view, I'm very proud of the lads, proud of the effort, proud of the, the determination and the mentality they showed but disappointed with getting all three points. Let's talk about a few of the decisions. Uh, Victor got two yellow cards and obviously was sent off with the red. Uh, what did you make of those? Well, I, 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 honestly, I didn't think either of them were yellow cards. I think the first tackle, he's, he's, won, he's got the ball and the guy's followed through over him. And the second one, he's not even looking. He's actually just trying to win an honest ball in the header. I think it was a really poor decision. I think obviously it was, um, the, you know, naturally the Virginia players were you know, screaming and shouting and, and asking, the paying for blood as such, which, you know, they're going to do. But I think the referee made a, a poor decision on, on that particular that particular one. It wasn't, it, I mean, I don't think either one was a yellow card. So I think Victor's very unfortunate. And we're unfortunate because I honestly believe if Victor stays on the pitch, we'd probably win the game because I think he'd have asked more questions, there, particularly when the um, player went in goal. And I'm sure you have to be a bit careful about what you say, but um, the Virginia Water uh, keeper was sent off straight red sent off of, I think, violent conduct when he tried to, I don't know what he was trying to do. Um, I'm going to be honest, it's a, it's a racial comment. Um, it's been reported to the referee. They're, you know, to be fair to Virginia and their management team and, and their captain, they've understood, you know, the seriousness nature of it. Uh, we've got Jerry, who's incredibly upset. I mean, he's a young player, 21. He just can't, you know, I'm, I'm beyond, lost for words, really, on um, that type of thing still happening uh, at this day and age. And, um, you know, but what we can do now is uh, it's been a reported. The referee is going to lodge the report, and um, we have to wait and see that. But obviously, from our point of view as a club, we'll support Jerry and all of our players in whatever action they want to take and what they want to do. I mean, as you know, we're very close to kick it out. We work with them quite closely. We're, we're now at the moment going to be a, an equality charter club. So, from our point of view, um, you know, I just can't have that happening on. We can't have that happening on pitch. And the players did get in a huddle. Um, they were going to, you know, discussing whether to walk off or not and if they had done I would have backed them um, as it happens they you know collectively wanted to carry on the game and actually just on Jerry's part I thought Jerry had an excellent game today as well he was excellent today and a really good performance from him but um, yeah that's just just brain dead from their keeper um, and you know he'll, he'll have to pay the consequences like other people have to when these offences happen and back to the action I mean nil nil at half time we didn't create an enormous amount in the first half uh, we looked much more on the front foot in the second half and after the sending off uh, had a, a few good chances and Harry took his very well yeah Harry took the goal uh, his chance really well um, I think Manny had another chance where he just dragged it wide and probably should have done a bit better but 
I thought the first 10 minutes we started the game ever so well. We, we looked like on the front foot. And then the game got a bit scrappy. Um, you know, there was, you know, no one really got a foothold. I think our passing went a little bit amiss. We didn't, um, we didn't have quite the quality in the final third. It's obvious, you know, in terms of how we've been playing, we missed Lewis, you know, a lot because Lewis obviously runs those channels for us. He wins them little percentage balls up top. And, you know, to be fair, we've got three, five foot eight players up top, which... Um, obviously meant that we had to be a bit more clever with the way we played and that was a message we had before the game and we probably didn't really execute that as well if we needed to get the ball down the sides get it into Manny's feet because you know he can hold the ball up really well and um, we did it in, at, at times I think there was one in the first half where we've played through and you know should have scored I think it was offside but um, I think overall there was pockets of our play that were really good I think our attitude and our application I mean three months ago we'd lost that game you know and that's really the 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 judgment now in terms of where we are, um, if if you're not going to win a game like this, you just can't lose it, and we've we've done that. So that's a big tick in the box, but it's tinged with a little bit of disappointment that we didn't get all three. But the unbeaten run continues. Yeah, and that's what we've got to do. keep making that unbeaten run, keep being solid. Um, got big games, you know, coming up. We've got, obviously got Winslow Tuesday, and then we've got a little bit of a break. So we that will give us a chance to you know get Lewis back fit, which is obviously really important to us, and then um, yeah, all to play for. How do you feel about that break coming up? Because it's it's unusual, isn't it, to have a couple of weeks without a match? Well, we've had that all the time. I mean, the fixtures have been absolutely ridiculous. I mean, having all home games and all away games, and it's, it's no consistency, and then having two weeks off, you know, just when we're on a great run, it does seem to be that a little bit um, against us, really, when you think that we've, you know, we know we're on a really good run. We're in good form. We're in good spirit. We've got good players on the pitch. Um, we're, we're going in the right direction, and then we get stopped but you know our job now is to make sure we keep people ticking over everyone will be in training they've got great attitudes anyway so I know they'll all be chomping at the bit to get in and we'll um, we'll be ready for the um, after the Windsor game we'll be ready for Harefield on the 19th so uh, let's start with you Fitzy um, what did you um, make of the Virginia water match then well mate I was um, I was on my 19th holiday of the year so um, I, I was actually sunning myself in the Caribbean um, working on this town that you can obviously see now Um but no, mate, I, I was literally dead on the phone. Um, the missus was unimpressed that I basically wasn't socialising with anyone um, again because I was just refreshing the uh, the Twitter feed at the bar. Um, I was desperate for the boys sort of to continue sort of the run we were on. I know how big sort of the game was, and as you know, I don't normally do it very often. But I even stuck a, a message in the group um, beforehand, which I can't repeat what I said. But um, it was something like "Go after them." Basically, we owe them one um, because no one's really forgotten how how horrid that first game was um, when we went over there in the FA Cup. So, um, yeah, mate, it sounded like, obviously, it was tense, um, sort of a bit of a non-event, by all accounts, sort of in the first half. And then, obviously, the second half has, has come come to life a little bit. We've sort of nudged in front, and you think we might might go there and sort of take a hell of a win. But it's a point. Um, no one really knows how good that point will be until probably another four or five games down, down the line. Um, I think, obviously, it would have been great to follow it up with a game. Um, obviously, we haven't played really since, but um, I think probably in the long run, look, you know, they've taken a lot of points off a lot of sides, um, particularly at home. So, I think we probably view it as a, as a good point, um, especially 10 v 10 on the run we've been on. But I think we obviously still sort of mentioned that we've, we've got a big run of games coming up and I think that point will only look um, sort of a, with us with any sort of value as long as we we go on another run again of, of picking up three points. And the unbeaten run continues as you stay, uh, Fitzy. Sturge, though, you know, that second half was marred really by the two red cards. And for me, it was no coincidence, really, 
that it was ref being assessed again with the assessor standing on the touchline, um, which just does my head in. I mean, Mark seemed to think the ref had a good game. I couldn't quite see that from where I was, but um, that second half, you know, for a number of reasons, wasn't really palatable, was it? No, it's difficult, man. To be honest, since we've played that, it's been extremely frustrating for us not to get a game in because I'll come away from there actually really disappointed. Um, I shared the car with Mark on the way home. We both were actually gutted that we hadn't got the three points. I felt on reflection in the second half, we deserved it. Um, it's very naive for their goal. I was very disappointed with that one to concede that in the manner it came about. And um, don't get me wrong, a free kick on the edge of the box central to the goal is basically like a penalty. So, I mean, it's one of them. We, I've had a chat with Craig and maybe sometimes you just get everyone's line up on the wall, on the line, sorry, because there's no point having a wall because he just had a free shot of goal and he just put it either side of Craig. So, yeah, it's difficult. Um, regarding the ref, that's like you going to work and someone standing by you the whole day constantly and watching over you and telling you what you're doing wrong all the time. I just, I just don't think it works. And if they are going to be there, I don't really want to digress and go on about officials, but if they're going to be assessed, they don't need to know about it. <laughs> because if yeah, you tell them about it, it's just a, what a ridiculous procedure to, have, to tell someone that they're going to be assessed. I just don't get it. It just doesn't sit with me. I'll be honest with you, I was sort of did. I didn't think he was terrible, but he just dealt with the situation completely wrong, mate. Yeah. He dealt with the whole situation. Victor's first foul was never a yellow card in a million years. The second one I said to him, specifically at half-time, what was going to happen, and it happened. It's happened to me before. Uh, you can't make any contact with any player once you've done that. And I, I could see it, he was always going to get sent off for that. I didn't feel like the second yellow was harsh. I felt like it was deserved. Um, and then obviously what happened after it happened, and then we sort of kicked on out. We sort of actually turned it on. And Harry scored a lovely goal and it was perfect for him. We set up a little bit on the counter-attack and he scored a great goal. And then obviously we've conceded. And I still felt we'd go on to win, to be honest. But like you said, and a few of the boys have said, we didn't really have a shot, mate. And the lads in goal, we just sent him midfielder. So that's something we needed to look at. Yeah, look, it's disappointing, really, to be honest, because um, I felt we were the better side on the day. Uh, and we really should have won. And obviously not playing since then has been a real bugbear, but... Um, yeah, look, hopefully we can get a run of games either this week or after Christmas and go from there. Yeah, well, you mentioned Craig Hill. I mean, he, for me, pulled off quite a few good saves in that half. A couple of good ones. Uh, Virginia Water on the break in the first half uh, kept us in it. He's been really reliable for us. Uh, did I see you turned out for Slough Town the other day, actually, incidentally? He did, mate. Yesterday, we had an agreement with Mark. Mark spoke to Scott and said, look, obviously Slough's keeper was away at a wedding. So, Mark, obviously, we've got a great relation, relationship with Scott and we need to continue that because he's helped us over the years, um, especially the last season with certain individuals and players. Uh, I've actually watched the highlights back and he's he's pulled off some good saves, Craig. So, it finished 2-2. Um, none of the goals were his fault. So, I did have a little look. Um, but, yeah, it's no he could play at that level, hour from honest, quite easily. So, um, we had no qualms in, in, in allowing them to, to borrow him. <laughs> we need him back. Um, but yeah, um, he done well, mate. He done fair plays with. And Tav, getting back to the Virginia Water match, uh, your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, we can't say too much about the um, Virginia Water sending off. There's an FA investigation ongoing, but um, a bit unsavoury and you know, not not a not a great afternoon, really. No, it was it was a shame. Like Serge says, it, it. I felt we probably did deserve to win it. There were some good performances in there. Um, yeah, we we sort of come away well, really quite angry about it. Obviously, given given what what, what went on, but we won't go into that. 
yeah, look, all round, I think that the best thing that, that we can do with that game is, is put it behind us. We took a point from it at their place. Um, you know, when the fixtures reverse, we really will, we really will owe them one. So that'll be a, a tasty affair, I'd imagine. But look, at the end of the day, we, we've got to continue on this run and we need to get some games in as quick as possible. So hopefully over the Christmas period, there won't be too much disruption and we can carry on uh, as we left off. But yeah, the longer the break is, the, the tougher that gets. So we need to get some football going. Yeah, well, we'll come on to the fixtures a little bit later. But before we do so, Ash, if I can just bring you in. I mean, you've obviously been down to watch Riz, um, oh, well, home and away this season when you haven't been playing yourself, which um, I know we all appreciate. But what have you kind of made of what you've seen this season? Sort of because it's different, different, isn't it? You know, now that you're not part of the group um, on the field to, to come along and watch on the on the touchlines, you know, what have you made of what you've seen? I think the biggest thing is, is that obviously the three boys who are doing the podcast with today, they're all very good friends of mine. So when I'm coming down, I'm I'm, I'm always talking to them. They're always kind of keeping me updated on how things are going. And I know they've been a bit frustrated with it. It, it felt very similar to kind of last year in terms of, I know me and Serge talked about a lot in terms of a little bit of a slow start, weren't quite where they wanted to be with the recruitment. Um, and we had that last year as well. And it is frustrating because when you're, as we said, we're so used to winning and it's been winning over the last four seasons, you end up, um, one loss feels catastrophic when realistically you look at the, the league now if you'd have told me you're seventh you're four points off the playoffs you're probably looking at playoffs anyway do you know what I mean so um, still loads of games to go I, I, I think definitely now it seems to be in a, in a good place having people like Victor coming back that's been talked about a lot on here but people like that that just we did it last year as well just during this period just picking up one and two signings and suddenly you look around the change room and you go and we've got a hell of a side here um, from where we were. So I think definitely on the up. Um, when I've seen it, you see the usual performers. AK coming back, Amersham, when I come and watch Amersham, massive lift for everyone. So, um, yeah, hopefully on the up um, and get to uh, achieve what, those outcomes that they were set at the beginning of the season, really. Well, another player that uh, has featured quite regularly for Riz in recent matches, Alfie Branwhite. I also spoke with him after full time at the Virginia Water match and I asked him for his thoughts on the match. Building on what we've had from previous few weeks, um, got a little bit scrappy, obviously with the situation that's gone on, but um, no, nah, proud proud of everyone, done, done our best. And how were the conditions out there? Because obviously a lot of matches were off uh, this weekend with the frozen pitches, but it looked okay. Yeah, it, it was fine, literally it was... A little bit like hard underneath, but that's it, like I say, the pitch is it's pretty good. Um, but it did start to get a bit tough towards the end with the floodlights, the um, fog coming in. But yeah, it was good. And 10 v 10, that second half, there was a bit more space opened up, didn't it? And R- Rangers had uh, a few chances, and, and Harry scored obviously, and uh, looked like we were going to go on and win. Yeah, we had um, that as soon as it went 10 v 10, we had that patch where we had we were right on top of them. Um, and yeah, Harry, great, great goal, like as always. Um, but yeah, I think we've done really well. And you had to face a lot of high balls. I mean, uh, Virginia Water were clearing from the back, weren't they? Playing long all the way through. Um, does that change the way you play? Um, not really. Just give it my best. I'm not the biggest, but uh, yeah, I give it give it my best all the time. So it didn't really change much. Um, yeah. And you've come to us from Egham Town. How's it been at Rangers since you've been here? Oh, I loved it. Um, yeah, it's been really good. Warm welcome from everyone. Feels like a proper team. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, since I've come in, um, 
we're like not saying that's a reason but i haven't lost since coming so it's been great well i was going to say it. the unbeaten run continues <laughs> yeah. with you and and is it nice to be settled here and you know getting a regular start yeah yeah it's, it's really good I'm, i've been enjoying it like um as you see like on the pitch and everything everyone's together as a team it feels proper um it's great I feel it would be remiss of me not to ask you about your Alice hairband. Um, what's that all about? Um, well, back in lockdown, grew my hair out, thought uh, I'd rock with it. Then just when I come back to start playing, tried without it, couldn't see much. So I had to throw a band in. Uh, I've just grown, going off with it. So that was Alfie Bramwhite there. And I just wanted to ask you again, Ash, um, about Alfie, uh, mainly because you're a dedicated follower of fashion, as uh, manager Mark Eaton was telling us uh, only recently. Um, what do you make about the uh, the Alfie Bramwhite hairband? I mean, it's quite a contentious issue in the squad, I'm sure. Um, but wh- where do you stand on that? Uh, I'll be dead honest. I've, I've never, play- I think, come this season, isn't he, Alfie? So I've, never, I've never played with him. I haven't, I haven't seen him up in in uh, very close quarters. But um, anyone who's wearing a headband needs to be some player. That's all I'll say. Well, I was just going to say that was the thought in my mind. If you turn up with a really flash pair of boots or you have your hair done in a certain way, or I don't know, you wear gloves in cold weather, do you not have to be a really special player? I mean, Fitzy, you must have an opinion on this. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one for me, Al, because, you know, it's no secret. I'm obviously struggling on the hair front. Um, so I, I feel like any anything I say could be portrayed as just pure jealousy. Um <laughs> You know, if I had lovely flowing locks, I think maybe I'd pull out the old hairband too. Um, <laughs> I've got the ability to match anyway. But um, yeah, no, I mean, if it's not already, if he's not already getting fined every single week for it, I think I'm going to start doing that now. But um, I won't <laughs> hammer him too much because he's a really, he's a lovely lad, mate. He's um, he's coming to the squad. He's just got his head down. He's done really well. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not really looking forward to seeing his clobber on a night out if um if he's turning up to football like that, to be honest. So. We'll see what happens, mate. Yeah, as long as it's a Gucci headband, I might let him off. But um, if it's a Primarni one, yeah, he's getting done, mate. It's getting snapped. Non-league, mate. So non-league, mate, is where we look at those things that uh, happen in non-league. That uh, if you're down in the pub with your mate, uh, all you could do would be to say non-league, mate. So first one, uh, this for me, uh, the mystery of the missing fixture, uh, which was the postponement of the uh, match against Hilltop that was due to be played on 23rd of December. And the league had received a request from Hilltop not to play that day because uh, one of their management team was getting married. Uh, Non-league, mate. So um, it was initially that their application to the league for postponement was initially rejected. But Hilltop then pointed out that the match didn't actually appear on full-time, the FA website. And uh, whilst the match had been issued at the start of the season and apparently uploaded to full-time, it had also uh, been placed on the league website, uh, combined counties. But for reasons unknown uh, to the league, uh, the fixture had just disappeared from full-time. So the league granted the request for the postponement. Uh, Sturge, you're shaking your head. Um, Fitz is shaking his head. Tabs nodded off. So, Ben, um, what did you make of that? That was crazy, wasn't it? I'm not happy about it, Al. Um, I think it's an absolute shambles, to be honest. I don't know if I can get in trouble from the league from, on this podcast, but I don't uh, care. They don't listen. I don't think they're in the 99 oh, mate, number one listeners. Well, I don't care anyway. It's an absolute joke, mate. What an absolute fast. You can't call a game off because you're getting married. Like, what, what is this? Pub football? Dog and duck? <laughs> Sham- mate, I'm so annoyed by it. Like, obviously, you can tell, but... I even put a tweet out the other day about it. It's like it's just a it's just a joke. How can you call a game off because there's a wedding? 
it's just like, well, I'll be honest, I was quite happy when we moved Leeds, but I'm not anymore. I think it's a joke. I think we've played 350 games at home. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> the joke. Fitzy, uh, you've got you something you want to tell us about from the weekend. Yeah, well, it has been mentioned that we um, we obviously went to support um, our, our good <laughs> friend, Mr. Yearwood, um, yesterday in, in his ventures um, at Step Free. But um, yeah, the whole the whole day was non-league, mate. We we turned up, um, you know, me and Sturge and the boys. We turned up, and the, the steward straight in the car park. There's only about ten cars. And he's trying to ram us in the tightest parking space you've ever seen. He's like squeezing up. He's like reversing a little bit, move right a little bit. I'm like, mate, there's there's more stones here than, than people and cars. It was ridiculous. So <laughs> I thought, here we go, ramming a day already. Then, um, then obviously, you know, the game's going on. Hungerford are 2-0 up. We're, we're devastated um, for Ash because we really, really wanted him to win. Um he was having a howler as well for 15 minutes. It was beautiful to watch. He made about three passes, two to them, and one to his own team from a throw-in. So, you know, the day was going swimmingly for us, to be honest, heckling on the side. And then he's popped up out of nowhere and uh, and nicked one, you know, nice little finish with his lefty, I believe it was. And um, obviously, we, we were really happy when he scored. Um, I think I actually booed when it went in, to be honest. <laughs> I knew that was going to set the tone for the rest of the day. Um and then he obviously got a little bit too overconfident because um, <laughs> for some reason he's picked the ball up. He's about 30 yards out. He can't kick it that far. He knows he can't. He's picked the ball up and he's lined up for a free kick in the second half. And not one person in the ground thought he was going to score. Not one, not even Ash thought he was going to score. And he's just absolutely <laughs> feathered it to the wall and have just erupted. But then Dobbo obviously felt like, right, he's had his go. I'm having one now. So a good friend... Of ours, James Dobson, you know, he's got great pedigree, wand of a left foot. He's now stepped up for another free kick from the same position. And no banner is literally left the floor and hit the moon. It's landed like in High Wycombe. It has gone absolutely miles. So um, I was just looking at them two thinking this is proper non-league. You've got two step five footballers trying to pretend it's step three. <laughs> I could not believe it, mate. Proper. You're listening to Up The Riz, the Risborough Rangers podcast. So our special guest today is uh, Asher Yearwood, uh, who, as I said, at the start of the show, played 151 appearances for Riz. And that was uh, over four seasons. So he's with us from 2017 to 18, played 37 uh, times for the club, and then uh, came back to us in 2020 and played the three consecutive seasons after that. Uh, 23 appearances in the first, uh, 48 in the second, and then 43 last season. Ash, do you remember your debut when that was and where was that, that was? Um, David, competitive game, yeah. Yeah. Um, that would have been, obviously, I was there before Mark was there. Um, first game of the season. Uh, was it FA Cup? It was FA Cup extra FA preliminary Cup, round. Cock Fosters. Cock Fosters away. Cock Fosters away, yeah. Won a penalty. 5th of August 2017. Do you remember who else for Riz had their debut that day? Marcus Wiley. I remember Marcus Wiley. He was on the bench, yeah. Thought he was rubbish. I was going to say, what did you make of Marcus then? Was he no good? <laughs> we hadn't seen him much, actually. So it's quite funny. We'd, we, I'd been down in pre-season. Got on really well with... Um, Jeremy Rayner and that, and it was going well. We, we did this pre-season friendly at the rugby club 
Um, and Marcus was coming down to play in that. And then um, basically they hadn't checked it out and there was no goals at the rugby club. So we'd gone and we literally were just playing on the rugby on the rugby pitch. So we played an 11 aside with seven aside goals. Um, and Marcus was like, nah, sat this, I'm going to go. I've got an opportunity to go play for someone else. So when they were sorting it out, he went off um, and played for somebody else. I don't know who it was. And then he come back a bit later in the season. In the pre-season, and then uh, yeah, he was on the bench for the FA Cup, I imagine, because he had run off. Um, I remember he did well when he came on. Actually, we were one 0 down. I think when he came on, we come back to draw one all. And your first goal for Riz was it against Hillingdon? It wasn't Hillingdon, but it wasn't long after yeah. the FA Cup extra preliminary round. You were on the score sheet pretty soon after. It was only ten days later, fifteenth of August, twenty seventeen. Buckingham at home, one three one. Yeah. Other scorers were Lamar Mason Williams and Dan Rawson. There's two names that I must admit I don't recognise. Maybe Tab no, does. They're names from yeah, the past. No. You'd know them, wouldn't you? Yeah, Lammy, Lammy's top boy, mate. He's a lovely lad. He used to be absolutely lightning. He's uh, he suffered a, a no, was it a broken leg he had recently? Achilles, I think. Achilles, Achilles yeah, did his Achilles. And then Dan Rawson. Dan Rawson was a youth product, actually, from Riz. Um, again, really, really good player, actually. Play centre mid, and he um he left a, a couple of years back. Well, he was around at the start of sort of Mark's tenure, but he, he went off to uni, young lad. But yeah, really good player, really lovely, lovely kid as well, Dan. Uh, I haven't seen him for a long time, so hope you're well, Dan, if you're listening. <laughs> and hat tricks, Ash. How many hat tricks in your career at Riz? One, two. It was three, actually. Three. And uh, November 2017, so that was Spartan South Midlands Division 1, so step six. That was uh, home to Hillingdon Borough. Looked like that was an easy win, 10-1. We went 1-0 down, actually, in that game. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it was going to be a long afternoon, but it wasn't. Well, Marcus also got a hat-trick that day. Uh, two for Martin Griggs, one for Kevin Mieler. And then Saturday, 14th of August 21, in Spartans Prem, uh, home to Broadfields United. Uh, hat trick in there. Sam Pekin got two. Marcus Wiley and Josh Urquhart on the score sheet that day. Was that the match, the Broadfields one? Lovely sunny day where you picked up the ball just inside the halfway line, took on about five players and scored in the near post. Yeah, that was that was for the hat trick as well. I remember not being able to breathe when I was trying to celebrate. It was a long way to run. Uh, I'm actually going to post that because I was I found that clip just the other day. Actually, I'm going to post that on the Up the Riz uh, Pod X feed. <laughs> Uh, so you can all enjoy that. It's a cracking goal, yeah. that was. And you then uh, January 2023 uh, was, again, Spartan Prem, home to London Colney in a 6-0 win. Uh, a hat-trick there. Ollie Hogg got a couple. Jethro Odomosu got the other. Uh, penalty or two penalties in that match? You certainly scored at least one pen. Yeah, two pens, yeah. How many yellow cards? Ooh, 15. Yeah, very mm-hmm. close, 16. And any reds? One red. My only red card in my career. Um... We went to Bulldog, which, as you know, I remember you saying it on the podcast the other day, uh, RC Towns ground, a bit of a bit of a dive now. Uh, we went there on a Tuesday night. I can't remember if it was a cup game. Um, it was, know, yeah. We it was were, a yeah, quarter we final of the bones. cup. We were bare bones. I think we had one person on the bench. Um, we were proper struggling and we got there late. It was just awful. And then we, they were good as well at the time. It was when we were in step six and they were, they were right up the top of the league. Um, and we were hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, nil-nil. And then late on, I think they scored about the 80th minute, 82nd minute, and it was miles offside, miles offside. So just abused the line a little bit, really. But, um, yeah, then got a straight red. 
And you weren't the only one that day who got a red as well, according to my notes. Dave Newton, is that a name you remember? Yeah, yeah, Tubby. Yeah, he, he, I was in the change room, obviously annoyed. And then he came in about three minutes later. Um, Tubby is well known for a, a bad tackle. So um, I think he, he killed someone with a two-foot tackle, I think. So <laughs> took the pressure off me a little bit. Um, thanks very much to uh, Rob Kenny again for those stats there. Really appreciate that, Rob. Um, but Ash, I mean, just thinking back to your time at Riz, obviously you, you've only just moved on this season, but I mean, kind of fondest memories, you know, things you look back on for your time at Riz that give you the most happiness? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is um, it's just got such a homely feel. I think I've made so many like lifelong friends. I know Sturgis said it before, I made so many lifelong friends from it, um, not just this era of, like the boys in the podcast now, but when I was first there and um, people that, yeah, genuinely would care about and want to see, even though I've gone, uh, gone away from the club. So um, when we were winning every week, I think that really built that, that um, camaraderie and friendship. In that season, last season, were there times when you were starting to get kind of itchy feet, getting a bit frustrated? I mean, we went through bad start, bad middle, good end, well, that fantastic run at the end where um went really well from February to April, didn't we, with just a couple of defeats, Leighton Town and Dunstable Town. Did you start to sort of think about moving on? Was that just feel like the right time for you? <clears throat> yeah, I felt, I, I felt at the beginning of last season it was really tough. It, it Going from the highs of the year before, getting whatever it was, 93 points, and then coming on the season after, I think we didn't win our first four games, I think, and... um few people had left, uh, Marcus had left, who's not only a fantastic player, but a, a good friend, and um, and AK was injured, and it just felt very different. Um, fortunately, kind of, me and Sturge kind of kept each other, so we kept each other going, really, because we had each other there. Um, so when it was tough, um, we just kept kind of prodding along. There was obviously thoughts, there was clubs, I think, for the pair of us, really, that they were interested in. But as you know, Mark's a, a salesman. And he knows he knows what he's doing. So, um, to be fair to him, he said he said you've just got to give me some time. I, I don't know how many crisis meetings we had, um, Zoom calls for about thirty seven in the first month. But um, it, to be fair, he said just trust me, just give me some time. I can't do it straight away. Just trust me, just trust me. And then Serge was like, yeah, trust him. Yeah, it's gonna happen, isn't it? Uh, and then to be fair, come I think it massively helped about this time last year. We had about six weeks off, but by the time we got back, it. Um, it definitely picked up and you could see see the positives. So I was in no rush, really. I, I felt very comfortable with this, but I was in no rush to move anywhere that wasn't going to be right for me. Um, so, yeah, it was made easier when we started picking up those wins again towards the end of the season. Well, we've talked about your move to Beaconsfield Town on this pod before, and we've kind of cited it as almost the the best example of how to move on from one club to another. I mean, from your perspective, um, you know, how did that all come about and and how did you deal with it? Um, so to be fair, I, I, I kind of knew I'd get interest. Well, yeah, I kind of had a bit of interest at the end of the season. I knew I was going to get interest in the summer, but um, as I said to Sturge, I said I'm not. I'm not. I've never been the type of person to just um, go off and just go for the sake of things or go around clubs. I, I want to feel wanted, um, and I know I'm wanted. I was wanted at Risborough, so that was always first tick in the box. And if something else come up that was right, then that was. Um, then I'd have a look at it. And to be fair, there was quite a few different clubs that I just didn't think was right at all. So when I first had my first meeting with Mark, I said, yeah, look, I'm not I'm not going around, I'm not messaging people, I'm not trying to get out, um, going trial places, etc. But um, 
if something does come up, then it comes up. And uh, yeah, I wasn't really expecting it to be fair, but um, Anders got in contact. Um, and yeah, one thing led to another. Because so, some good chats with him, and it was still a tough, really tough decision. Um, my mind wasn't made up straight away because uh, I said uh, I felt so comfortable when Mark and Ben had given me a lot of responsibility for this season. They were going to give me a lot of responsibility and stuff, and I think um, I was looking forward to that. But I, I just couldn't. I couldn't. I think everyone knew. I think Sturge even knew deep down. I just couldn't turn down the opportunity. Really. Yeah, I mean, it was the right time for you. But I mean, to your credit, you spoke to Mark, spoke to Sturge, you know, before you moved and did it all above board. And that, that was your impression of the move, wasn't it, Sturge? Yeah, look, amicable would be the word. He was brilliant, mate, from start to finish. It was difficult. We went to, um, I played one game of cricket last year and we were on the way to cricket. And he sort of told me before that I bowled four overs, went for about 300 runs, dropped three. But <laughs> <laughs> out for four, he literally ruined the day before he even got there. So, yeah, I wasn't best pleased. And Ash, after you moved to Beaconsfield Town, I mean, how, how's the start of the season gone for you? And, you know, what the kind of differences you're you're able to spot between playing at step five and playing at step three? Lots of it's very similar, to be fair, in terms of preparation. I think what, um, I think that's the basics you can do as a manager is you can get everyone there on time, this, that and the other. I think um, maybe there's a little bit more commitment to training, I'd say. I'd say no one really misses training. Um uh, that's quite yeah taken quite seriously um, but yeah no in general in terms of preparation things are very similar I think the, the quality of teams obviously everyone's playing at step step three for a reason I, I haven't come across many footballers I thought you're not a very good footballer at all um, a lot of people are very good and um, spend a bit longer without the ball and you plan on nicer pitches etc so people are a bit more comfortable on it and take a few more risks etc play against some different teams you play total football I think if you looked at the league last year everyone was very direct um, which was league last year whereas you had a lot of time where teams were keeping the ball and trusting each other which is a little bit different because it's a high intensity but yeah I'd say Mark, Mark and Ben have created a very professional environment at, at Risborough um, but as I say you can only do so much with people's commitment to training and stuff like that because it is what it is but um, yeah that's probably the biggest difference and what about um, management style? Any particular differences between Mark and John? Oh, um, good question, that. Um, I'd say Anders is a little bit less intense. <laughs> I think anyone's a little bit less intense than Mark. I'd say, as I say, Mark is so driven, isn't he? He knows exactly what he wants to do and he's relentless with it. I think uh, Anders is a very good man manager, um, so especially since I've been in there. He's, he's good at putting his arm around people and looking after people. So not saying Mark doesn't do that. But um yeah, they're, they're, they're probably the two different styles. Mark's very driven and trying to get you to um be your best all the time and and uh wanting the best for the team, etc. And Under's very nurturing and, and uh definitely tries to look after you to give you your best performances, etc. And has playing on the 4G made a real difference? Because I mean we've always said about Riz that, you know, we're such a better team when we're playing on 4G because we're a good football inside and it doesn't always come out even at the Camtech. I mean, Sturge hates playing there. You know, he's moaning about the pitch all the time. But, you know, from going playing at somewhere like the Camtech, which, you know, was basically back in the day a farmer's field, wasn't it, once upon a time? And it, it doesn't drain it well. It does have a bit of a slope to playing on 4G. I mean, does that just change the game a bit for you anyway? Uh, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we said we'd have probably got about 150 points. Uh, the season before last if we'd played on 4G because we were so good on it I think we were above 
teams in terms of our footballing ability and our fitness, etc. Whereas pitches were then a leveller at that level, um, which definitely held us back a little bit. Um, so yeah, this level, obviously everyone can play football. So it, 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 it's not it's not necessarily a a winner for us because everyone can come here and play on it as well. So um, there'll be some actually there's a lot of four Gs in the league. I think I think we've only probably only played about three games on grass this season. I think genuinely. Um, what you do notice with it though is you do notice it definitely affects the body a bit more. Um, I've noticed like my lower back and legs and stuff are a bit tighter, a bit heavier because not as much give on the pitch. Um, that's probably a bigger difference. But yeah, it's it's, it's so nice. But it's a really nice four G as well. It's, it's so nice playing on four G and trusting the bounce, and you can think about other things in your game rather than your second touch tackle. As Fitzy would uh, quite easily describe. <clears throat> Can't change my game, mate. Can't change my game. I'm good at what I'm good at, mate. What's that? What are you good at? <laughs> Touching and tackling. <laughs> <laughs> so 16th place at the moment. I mean, what are you thinking, you know, in terms of how does the second half of the season look for Beaconsfield? And, you know, personally, you know, having made that jump up, you've clearly settled in very well. You've had man of the match appearances, scoring goals, playing well, appearing regularly. You know, are you looking up? Yeah, I want to, I think, <clears throat> with the mindset of just doing the best I can, um, giving the best and trying to be as ambitious as I can, whether that's with Beaconsfield or, or however, I think the main focus is not getting too far ahead of myself and just focusing on the on the time at hand, really. Um, so, yeah, as I said, I, can't, I, I started the season quite well and had a little bit of a slower patch the last month and stuff. So it was good to score again on Saturday and just keep going. It's a long old season. Um, and then see where we are. But uh, we definitely want to get the team up the table. Uh, I think we're a very, very new team. So it's um, it's it's been a bit difficult for a bit of transition. Um, but we've been unlucky as well. Definitely probably don't deserve to be in 16th place. I think, I know it's a bit of a silly stat that someone said yesterday, if we if it was on first half performances, I think we're top of the league by three points or something like that. I know it was 90 minutes and it didn't necessarily translate, but it shows we're always in games and we, we start all right. Um, we, we've just got to iron out a few little bits and bobs here and there. You're listening to Up The Riz, the Risborough Rangers podcast. In December, on Tuesday night, uh, we're home to Hereford United. That's the uh, rearranged match that was postponed uh, previously. Uh, they're currently in 19th place, second from bottom. Uh, but they have won their last two matches against Hilltop and Virginia Water. So, you know, once again, there's no givens in this league. And then that rearranged fixture, the Saturday, the 23rd of December, when we were supposed to be playing Hilltop, uh, we're now away to league leaders Rainers Lane, uh, who've won their last two matches, uh, although they are only second in the form table, Fitzy, should mention that. And then end of the month, Saturday, 30th of December, we're back at the Camtech Stadium, uh, end of the month, Milton United, who are currently in sixth place. Uh, they've lost two of their last three matches, uh, although admittedly to Rainers Lane and Flackwell Heath. Uh, and then, I mean, Sturge earlier, you were talking about sort of further ahead, you know, the next half dozen matches or so. So looking ahead to January, we're away for all of our matches in January. Uh, so Saturday, the 6th of January is that away tie at Wilkes Park against Flackwell Heath. And then the following Saturday, we're away at Bedfont Sports, who are in fourth. And then the Saturday the 20th, away again at Burnham, and they're in eighth, sitting just behind us. Uh, they've won three out of their last four league matches. And then Saturday 27th of Jan, again away at Broadfields United. 
Uh, 10th place, three defeats and a draw in their last four league matches. And then in amongst all of that, we need to get in that uh, Barks and Bucks FA Senior Cup third round match uh, against Winslow United, uh, winner of which will get a home tie against Marlow FC in the fourth round. Every single game, mate, it's going to be difficult. Harefield are absolutely flying, completely new side, completely new management team. Um, it's no coincidence those men to hammer it down all Tuesday, which I've checked on the old Met office, so that's probably going to be off. Um, look, the Rangers laying games for it. I'll be honest, no one expects us to get anything there. No one should get anything there with the side they've got, uh, the money they're spending, the environment, the budget. So, I mean, we'll just go there and, and just try and do our best and try and compete with what they've got because um, they're a very good side at this level. And then Milton. So, obviously, Mark went to watch Milton against Rainers Lane last week, um, fortunately. So, we've got a bit of info on them. They're doing well as a side. Uh, they seem to have a good culture there. I like a good bit of culture. Um, and then we get to play Flatwell again, which um, Jack Brooker played in the cage last Saturday and he reminded us that he'd got the hat-trick over us already this season. So we're going to have to do something about that come January. Somebody's got to change when we play them. And there, yeah, honestly, mate, every single game is an absolute monster now. That's literally, well, it's all top end of the table, isn't it? I mean, they need to be won. The majority need to be won um, if we're really going to be serious about what we're going to do this year. In terms of up the Riz, this will be our last episode uh, before Christmas. Uh, I'll be out of the country over Christmas, so um, I'll miss the Rainers Lane match, but I'll be back for the um, Milton United match. Um, but before we finish, I'm going to ask each of you a little question here, a Christmas-related one. Um, let's start with you, Joe, because I think you'll be in the spirit of this. Fairy tale of New York or driving home for Christmas? Oh, oh. God, I like the fairy tale, mate. Fairy tale of New York. Just bang it out, mate. That's that's me. That's me all over. We like I say, it's, it's been briefly mentioned. We had a bit of a karaoke last night on the drive home. You know, there was no Christmas songs, but um if there was, oh, I'd have had that up there. I like the, the wham one as well. That's a good one. Ash, uh, mulled wine or a pint of lager? Mulled wine. Definitely mulled wine. Classy lad, isn't he? Sturge, King's Speech or up the Riz? Up the Riz, mate. Absolute no brainer. Tav. We need a 100% record here. Everyone's been right so far. Um, home Alone or Die Hard? Oh, that is a tough one. I'm going to say Die Hard. I love Die Hard. Well, well you were in it, weren't you? You were in yeah, it. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I've never seen Home Alone. I, I'm, I'm not afraid to say that. I've never seen it. It is great. I haven't either, Al. I've got to be honest with you. I've never seen it either. How can you not see Home Alone? It's great. Home Alone is so good, but Die Hard is class. Yeah, well, you've all you've all done really well there. So uh, congratulations, fellas, and uh, happy Christmas. Uh, Fitzy, Tav, Ben, thanks as ever. It's been such a blast this year. Uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you after the 30th. Um, may see you on Tuesday night for the Harefield match, fingers crossed. And Ash, thanks ever so much for joining us. Such a pleasure to have you with us. I'm glad you uh, came to us pre-Christmas as we planned. And uh, best of luck for the rest of your season with Beaconsfield. Yeah, cheers. Appreciate it, Al. Uh, thanks for having us on. I'll keep on listening. Um, and hopefully both our seasons will get to where we want them to get to. Well said. There's a there's a happy Christmas message for everybody. Uh, fingers crossed we'll see you Tuesday night. Up the Riz. This has been Up the Riz, the new official Risper Rangers FC podcast. Catch us on Spotify Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitter at UpTheRiz underscore pod. 
See you next time. Up the Riz. Everyone away? How's this, <laughs> what's the score? What's the score, Ben? Uh, Inter Milan are beating Lazio 1-0, mate. So you're not even watching <laughs> Premier nothing League in. football. You're watching... Nothing. Is your a house where the TV is never off, Ben? Yeah, pretty much. There's always... Honestly, mate, there's always sport on my TV. Joe's watching yeah. Peppa Pig. Yeah. I'm looking I'm, at my I'm Christmas cut. tree, mate. Oh, proper tree, that, son. Uh, uh, you don't need to get a big Christmas tree, though, do you, really? How tall is your big Christmas tree? I don't really know. I had nothing. I had nothing to do with it, mate. To be honest, the, the missus came out and done it. I was just up one day when I turned around. Yeah, and then I had to turn it around. There you go. Have a bang on that. Whoa. Oh, nice that. curtains. I'll have, like have to turn the lights off though, because the lecky bill's going off soon. <laughs> <laughs>